Psalms 1. I'm going to talk about the way that God blesses. The way that God blesses. A little bit of play in words there, maybe. The way that God blesses. So Psalms 1 is a preface psalm. In other words, it sets the tone for the whole book of Psalms. So you've got 150 of them there. They all have different categories. You know, some of them are lament. Some of them are uh, celebrate a king or uh, just kingly rule. So there's a lot of different themes. Uh, they're kind of broken down into different categories. So, But this one is kind of, it sets the tone for the whole book of Psalms. And I love the Psalms. I don't, there's a lot of books in the Bible I really like to read through. But for my devotional time, I'd have to say that my number one book is probably the book of Psalms. Because I, I, I relate to David a lot. You know, David had his good days where he's just really rejoicing and celebrating. And he had his, his difficult moments, too. I, to me, the Psalms take theology and it, it embeds it into what real life is like. It's not all just doctrine. It's not all just teaching. It's kind of like, hey, this is how it's fleshed out in real life. And um, it represents that. So that's why I like the Psalms. So um, I want to take a quick poll here this morning, just a real hand, quick hand poll. So how many of you would say you want a life that is blessed by God? Raise your hand. All right. All right. Is there anybody that doesn't? No. I think most of us. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You know, I think, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. I don't know. I did see a guy with a T-shirt that said hellbound on it. And I don't know what that all meant. I mean, maybe that's where he wants to go. I don't know. But um, I think most people want God's favor on their life, uh, if you were to ask the general person. So um, before we do uh, read Psalms 1, 1 through 6, let's just bow our heads in prayer and just ask God's blessing this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it is the living word of God that is able to change, transform us like nothing else can. And so, Lord God, we invite your presence. Um, just as we look at your word, apply it to our hearts and our lives. Make it come alive to us this day. We ask it in your name. Amen. So Psalms chapter 1 in the Old Testament. Let's read this together. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, whether they, uh, whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Amen. So let's look at this today. Uh, I kind of want to begin with uh, the road that you're on determines your destination, right? So Dave Stanek, he was just here. Where did Dave go? Where did he go? He was just here. Yeah, there's Dave. So you were just out in West Virginia, and we were just out there as well. So if you want to get to West Virginia, what are some of the interstates you're going to take? Yeah, you take 29, and then you take, is it 70 in Kansas City, right? And then I think at some point you end up on 60 or 65 out in one. Yeah. <laughs> but avoid Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> but the road that you're on will determine where you end up, right? If you want to get out to Denver, you're going to have to get on I-80 and go west, right? If you want to get up to Fargo, North Dakota, you're going to have to get to Omaha, and then go on I-29 North. If you want to go to Dallas, you're going to have to get on a different track. Whatever road you're on is where ultimately you're going to end up. And so this word, 
way or road is a very common word in the Old Testament. So the word is derek. That's what it is in the Hebrew. But it literally means path, way, journey, road, manner, habit. And the way we determine a path in our life is by our decisions, by our choices. So we make these choices, and if you were to plot them out and you look at them and graph them out, all of a sudden you begin to see a pattern, a pathway. You following me? Right? It's like connect the dots, right? You still do that? Right? When's the last time you did connect the dots? But you, you also like, you see all these dots, and all of a sudden you connect them, it's kind of like, okay, there's a pattern, there's a path. There's a reason to that. That is what Scripture talks about um, when we look at the path. Now, Matt, Jesus talks about this too. He says in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, he says, Narrow is the gate and enter through it. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Right? And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Um, there's a movie called Facing the Giants. So it's a Christian movie. It was put out a few years ago. But there's a funny illustration on it. So if you haven't seen that, that's your homework assignment for later on today is go watch it. And Facing the Giants. Isn't it called Facing the Giants? Yeah. Okay, 15 years ago. That, that's just a few, right? <laughs> that's just a moment in God's sight. Um, but it, there's a good illustration. This young kicker, is he's, he can't get it through the goalposts, and so they try to illustrate it. So wide is the gate, but, and then narrow. So he had to find the narrow path so he could get it through the uprights. That's what God wants for our life. We have to get through the uprights. Amen? All right. So let's look at this psalm together. Verse 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners um, that they take or sit in the company. Um, of mockers. So the first point we see, and um, you'll see it up on the screen here and in the, in the loop bulletin there, is that, just first of all, look at the way of the righteous. It says it is blessed. It said it is blessed. That word means happy. It means truly happy. It means it's more than being lucky or fortunate. So the, the word here, here used is called ashir. Ashir. Everybody say ashir. Oh, that's pretty good. But the uniqueness thing, it's a happiness and a blessedness that comes from a right relationship with God. You know, so many, happiness can be ups and downs, right? Right? We wake up in the morning, things go right. We can be happy, right? We wake up and things don't go right, you know? Things happen, right? Car breaks down, plumbing breaks. What happened to you this week, <laughs> right? I don't know. And, and then we, we can be upset, right? So that happiness can be based upon moment, happenings in our life, moments in our life. And God wants to give us a happiness and a joy that is based upon our relationship with him and not the circumstances of life. You follow me in that? There's a blessedness that comes in walking in step with him. And it's not necessarily always based upon this checklist of did I do this, did I do this, did I do this. It's based upon a right relationship with God. Amen? Um, blessed. You know, there are some good things that happen. So this is kind of, last two weeks have been kind of crazy. But I've been working with the city of Crete because over five years, we were charged like 253,000 gallons extra for water, 
right? That's a lot of water. That's most, you know, for most of you, that's water that you would use in five years, okay? That's how much. So over that period, it was tacking on. We were probably paying double most months for our water bill. And we finally figured it out, the meter. Because one day, one month, it just skipped. And I almost at, we used a million gallons. And I said, you know, can, it, can, we really, can I use a million gallons of water? Well, maybe. No. Anyway, finally scoped up. So anyway, they were working with me. I said, you know, if you could go back and just adjust stuff so that and I just want to pay for what I used. And so we got finally found out after two months that I got a $300 credit. We got a $300 credit. So that's kind of cool, right? On your, yeah, utility bill, that's kind of a nice thing. So something to be happy about. So um, that was a circumstance. But the blessedness we're talking about here has to do with our relationship with God. So what does he or she not do? There's three things, right? First of all, they don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. This pertains to thinking, right? A person is blessed by God that does not listen or absorb the counsel or the advice of the world. Now, we, we pull that in from a lot of places. So where, help me out. Where do we get all this input from the world, counsel from the world? Where is, what forms does it come in? Help me out. TV and news? Where? Sitcoms. Come on, help me out, Olivia and Zoe. Olivia. How about TV shows? Is that right? Media, right? We get it from a lot of friends, right? Um, the people we hang out, we get the counsel of the wicked. And, you know, you think about if you were to look at your screen time of how much time maybe you're watching, whether it is Netflix, whether it is your TV shows, or whatever the case may be, okay? If you were to monitor that for a week and then match that to your devotional life, in other words, how much time you're in prayer and the study of God's Word, which one do you think is greater? Yeah. And see, we're getting all this input. Some of it's neutral, but some of it is, there's just subtleties there, and some of it's very blatant that is contrary to the Word of God. And we're putting that into our heart and our soul. And we need to counter that with God's Word. You following me on that? So, the person that is blessed by God does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you want to change somebody's behavior, you have to change their, their mind, right? That's just psychology. And I think sometimes the world understands that better than we do in the church. We sometimes just underestimate, hey, I'm in church, right? I'm in church on Sunday. I'm going to live a godly life. And that's not the case. We, whatever we put in is what we're going to get out. And so we have to really be careful what we put into our heart, our soul, and our mind. Amen? The second thing is that they don't stand in the way of sinners. So this pertains to participating in the ways or behaviors of unbelievers. Instead of following the ways of God, one is standing in the path of sinners, following their lifestyle. So not only now we've moved from thinking, now we are actually participating with behavior that is not godly, that doesn't please God. You know, and that's where it usually begins, right? It begins with thinking, and then all of a sudden now we're participating with them, doing things with them. Um, you know, if you're a teenager, that often is a temptation. Hey, I'm just going to go to the party, but I'm not going to drink. All right? Uh, or do some of those things. Or I'm going to go to a party, and I'm not going to sleep around. And it's hard to do that, right? It's hard to do that. But it begins with the thinking, and then it begins with the behavior. 
The third thing is to sit in the seat of mockers. And you might think, well, what's that all about? That actually means now that pertains to attitude. So mind, action, attitude. All right? Attitude then means that now I've become hostile to God. You think, I'd never be hostile to God. But you know what? I've seen this happen over and over again. I've seen people that have been in these exact chairs that have gone from a place where they were serving God all of a sudden, then they let their guard down, and, and they're influenced by this world, and all of a sudden, they begin to participate in hanging out with people that don't walk the same path as them. And before you know it, all of a sudden, that attitude changes, and they become hostile to God. You say, it never happened to me. Yes, it can. It can happen to me. It can happen to you. There's a progression that happens, and so it's the three-phase departure from God, accepting the world's advice, participating in its ways, and adopting an attitude that is hostile to God. If we want a life that is blessed by God, we have to avoid those things. We have to be on our guard against it. Um, I, would, I would say that you don't have to do much to walk. I mean, wide is the gate that goes to destruction. You just have to kind of walk wherever you want to go. But if you want to walk in the ways of God, you have to follow his will and his ways. Amen? So that's what the way of the righteous, that's what people do not do. Let's look at what they do do. Verse 2. But the delight is, their delight is in the law of the Lord and, and who meditates on his law day and night. You know, that's the three negatives now are followed by a couple positives here. The blessed person, first of all, delights, takes pleasure, and longs after the law of the Lord. So what is the law of the Lord? What is the law of the Lord? For the Old Testament Christian, it was the first good portion of your Old Testament, okay? Primarily Deuteronomy and some of those things. That was the book of the law. For us, it means the whole of Scripture, right? That is God's word to us. And um, it sometimes can be, a, you know, law can be associated with legalism. It's just... What he's referring to is, I want to get into God's word. I want to know God's ways. I want to know what God is thinking. And sometimes we think, you know what? I don't know what God wants or what he doesn't want. Well, if we get into God's word, it's going to answer a lot of our questions. There's some, still some gray things out there that, you know, should we do that, do this, or shouldn't do this? But if we can get into God's word and, and let it be part of our life, it's going to answer a lot of those questions. And then we allow the Holy Spirit to help out with those gray areas. Because he'll let us know if that is something that takes he delights in or he doesn't. He'll say kind of like, yep, green light, mm, red light, right? He'll let us know. Meditates. Meditates means to, uh, you ever seen a cow? So Rex, what does a cow do? They eat it and then they what? Ruminate it, right? Yeah, they chew it on it. That's what it means to meditate. It means, so... In practical terms, it means, hey, I'm going to read some scripture in the mornings. Okay, you don't have to do it in the mornings, but morning's a good time to do it. Read your scripture in the morning, then you go to work, and then you what? Think about it. You just kind of turn it over in your mind. Because that's where it kind of begins, you begin to apply it. It's kind of, oh, yeah. You know, that makes sense, you know. That's where you kind of ruminate it in your mind and begin to apply it to your life, and it speaks to us. If we just read something and we go off on our day and it never becomes part of us, it's not going to change and transform us. So the blessed person allows, meditates on it, um, and it becomes part of their life. You know, how much time should a person spend in prayer and reading God's Word? Take a survey here. I'm doing a lot of surveys today. How much time? Come on, give me some numbers here. 
Just go day. Go day. 15 minutes. Okay. Anybody got 20, 30? <laughs> Hour? Anybody? We got any hour people here? Yeah, good, good, good. On and off throughout the day. Okay. You know what? I don't know if you can define it to 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour. What I do know is that when something is your delight, time isn't an issue, right? So think about when you were in love. Some of you, you haven't gotten to that place, so, but just imagine it. But when you're in love and you're with the person that you love, is time an issue? You know, time flies by, right? When God's word is our delight, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to like, wow, man, 30 minutes is already gone. I have to go on to my next thing. But all I know is you have to be intentional. There has to be some structure there. But you still have to have that delight and hunger for God's word. And that's what I would encourage us in. It's to let the Word of God be your delight and let prayer be a delight. If it's just something on your checklist, oh, I did that today, I'm spiritual, you've totally missed the point because God, it's a relationship. It's not a checklist. It is not legalism. It is a relationship. And so relationship takes time. We have to spend time with Him, and we spend time with Him through prayer and God's Word. And if we don't do that, we can say we're a Christian and we can go through our life, but it is not going to be a joy and it's not going to be a delight. Okay? You may still get it, make it to heaven, but you're not going to know the person that died on the cross for your sins. And you're going to have missed out on the blessing of walking with Him. You're going to be carrying loads and burdens that He wanted to walk with you with and carry with you. Amen? Number three, the reward of the righteous. How many like payday? The taper finished up. He goes, can I get paid today? <laughs> he was really trying to get through that. Um, I like payday. Man, I like those rewards, right? You work hard. It's not a problem to work hard, but I want to get my payday, right? Payday. The reward of the righteous. Verse 3. What is their payday? That person, him or her, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its seasons, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Now, there's three things that it talks about here is of the reward. First of all is provision provision. He's planted like a tree by the streams of water. You know what? A tree by the streams of water, it can be drought, it can be plenty, but you know what? That tree is still going to be green because it is planted by the stream. That is a picture of your life. This world is ups and downs. We don't even know what's going to happen, how this year is going to finish out, right? I, I, I don't know. The stock market's been going like this, 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 you know? There's a lot of things that are reminiscent of 2008, and 2008 was a tough year, folks, uh, for us, for the church, financially. It affected finance, finances pretty good. There's a lot of things that are close to that. I don't, but you know what? There, there doesn't have to be fear there because God has promised to be our provider. We're going to be like that tree planted by the stream of water. Amen? Provision. Think of Elijah. Elijah um, was a prophet in Israel, and he had to kind of go into seclusion and and it was a famine that came on the land. And you know what? God provided for Elijah, even though it took a brook and some ravens that brought him meat, you know, jerky. Beef jerky is what I'm going with. 
They didn't have roadkill back then, so. I don't think the chariots went fast enough to take them out. <laughs> so maybe they took it from the king's table and brought it to him, right? And brought it to his place. But you know, as Je- Eli- that's found in 1 Kings 17 if you want to look there. But God provided for Elijah, and just as he provided for him, he can provide for us. Amen? Secondly, it speaks of productivity because not only does a tree not wither, it stays green, but it produces its fruit in its season. Um, The blessed person is fruitful. You know what? And Scripture talks about that. Jesus talked a lot about that. He cursed the fig tree. Why? Because it wasn't fruitful. It had green leaves, but it wasn't producing anything. And as a believer in Christ, our fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. That'd be one type of fruit. That means you got love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, love, joy, faithfulness. Okay? Does that describe your week this week? I don't know. You can do a checklist. Right? That is fruit of the Spirit, but it also is bringing other people to Christ, letting our witness be evident to the people around us. That is fruit, right? Um, God has called us to be fruitful. And in fact, throughout Scripture, Jesus did not have a lot of patience for people that um, claimed to be religious or to be righteous, but there wasn't fruit in their life. Um, To be a tree that is fruitful means more than just being a channel of God's presence. It means to be a living organism that absorbs what God is doing in our life and blesses the world around us. So we're receiving what God has in us, but then we're dispersing it to the world around us. All right? So this morning, as if I didn't have enough to do, I was out there picking cucumbers. So there's cucumbers at the back there, right? Eat them up because we have more than what we can handle. But that is fruit, right? That is fruit. If those cucumber plants were there and they didn't do anything, I wouldn't be planting them. I can guarantee you that, right? I wouldn't be doing anything to do that. But they, um, they produce and they bless. So be blessed by them, all right? Number three, prosperity. Now, prosperity, I want to say just a little bit of prosperity is a word that was abused maybe like 10, 20 years ago. There was prosperity was talked a lot, a lot about and some maybe abused a little bit. What I'll say about prosperity is that God wants to prosper his people. Now, prosperity, if you take it in the biblical sense, means that God is going to remove obstacles from your pathway. So when God brought the people into the promised land, he prospered them. He defeated the enemies. He provided for them, and he went before them. That is what prosperity in a biblical sense is. And here the promise is that um, whatever he does will not wither, and whatever he, he does will prosper. That as you work in your work, as you do the things for God that God has called you to do, that God is going to bless what you do. He's going to prosper you. Is there going to be obstacles and roadblocks? I think absolutely there will be. I really felt that's like on, it was on, on a Friday there with the carpet lane. I just felt like it wasn't just a matter of, hey, this is a hiccup. It was some spiritual warfare that was taking place. And that's why I just said, hey, people pray. And as people pray, they came back after lunch and boom. I'm, it was a night and day difference, folks. Something had flipped in the spiritual realms as people prayed. Amen? And I've seen that happen over and over again. I just remember working on a job site in Fairbanks, Alaska, hanging sheetrock. I was in college. And um, we were non-union, and everybody else was union, and so they didn't want us there. And so the atmosphere was really hostile to us, not because of who I I was just working for somebody, you know, doing my job. And uh, and so th- it wasn't anything I could change. 
And so I just remember going to God in prayer. And it was amazing that the the day I went to God in prayer, the next day we showed up, the atmosphere had totally changed. And the only thing that I could accredit it to was prayer. God had changed the atmosphere. God, I believe, will prosper us as we walk before him. In other words, success and prosperity here are not a matter of luck, social status, or good fortune. It is a result of walking in the ways of God. Amen? All right. Point number four. I usually don't have five points. The demise of the wicked. So the people that choose the other path, there's a picture of a threshing floor, right? Not so with the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. All right? You ever seen chaff? Harvest time? Goes through the combine. Chaff goes out the back, and the wind blows it away. No substance. There's nothing to it. So in Israel, the way they would they would thresh, they'd take their grain to the threshing floor, and it'd all be piled up. And in the evening, usually there's a cool breeze, and they'd take a winnowing fork, so it was like an upside-down rake, and they would take the grain and they'd toss it up into the air. Why? The grain would fall down and the chaff would blow away, and you would be left with the end product. That is the wicked. You know, sometimes the wicked seem like they're prospering. Sometimes it seems like, God, you're blessing them and not us. But God has promised that we are, if we walk with him, there's substance to our life. And it's going to stand in judgment. See, that's, that, that's the key thing. When we get before God and we stand before Him and God opens up the books, some, there's going to be a lot of people going through that wide gate. But He's going to look at your life and say, you know what? This is a person that's walked with me. There's substance to their life. I have paid for their sin. And you're going to pass into eternity with Him. Amen? That's going to be a cool day. The wicked will not stand in the face of judgment, but the righteous will. And number six says, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. You know, success and failure in our spiritual journey is tied, I believe, to the way that one takes. The way one that we take um, determines the course of our life. And it begins in the origin. I got something that's getting me here. It is out of our heart that flow our thoughts, our motives, our attitudes, our behavior, which ultimately determine the path and the way that one takes. I'm going to have the musicians come. I believe most people, most believers that I know want to live in God's favor and his blessing. Like the psalmist, I believe that we can enjoy a blessed life. What does a blessed look like for a believer? I think it looks like contentment. I think it looks as joy. I think it looks like security. Especially when things around us um, are not secure. I think it looks like confidence. So it it can include health, financial provision, spiritual fruitfulness, children who follow the ways of the Lord. You name it, folks. To me, that's what living under the blessing and favor of God looks like. You know, as our nation, we, we're coming out of COVID still. You know, and we thought maybe we're behind it, and there's some places in the nation are still seeing a surge. We don't know what tomorrow holds or next week holds. Um, and I would say that we want a blessing upon our nation, right? We want a blessing upon our lives. 
I think sometimes we lean way too much on, upon government, upon people we elect. We need godly people in there, and we need the right people in there. So that, but that comes back to prayer, folks. And I believe we have to be praying for our nation because there again, there are things that we can't change humanly, but there are things that can be changed on our knees in prayer, amen, as we walk before him. The way or the path that is blessed is it's based upon the decisions and choices we make each day. You know what? I think sometimes the small decisions, I mean, there are big decisions that can really mess us up. But often I think it's the small decisions that determine our course and our, of our life. Spending time with God in the morning. Choosing to say no at this certain time and to say yes to the things of God. So small choices because most of us don't go from here all the way off the camera over to here. Okay? It's these small choices. We kind of start thinking the advice of the world next thing we're standing with them and the next thing we're sitting in the seat of mockers cursing God that's a progression it doesn't happen overnight it happens in decisions and choices you know what the cool thing is that if we find that we're on the wrong path there is a thing that they call a U-turn ever made a U-turn that's what that's what it means to repent it means to do a U-turn do a 180 I don't know if you want to do it squealing or not, right? I never did it like that. But, but you do a U-turn. You say, you know what? I'm not on the wrong path. I need to get on the right path towards God. Amen? On the path that leads to Him. The thief on the cross, you know, Jesus was hung between two thieves. And the one said, you know what? I'm on the wrong path, Jesus. That day he believed. He made a U-turn before he passed into eternity. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And so he made a U-turn just at the right time, folks, right? I mean, he missed out on the blessing of God throughout the rest of his lifetime prior. But at least he ended up in the right place. Amen? I don't know if you're in the, on the right path or not tonight, today. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't know. Only you can answer that question. Are you on the right path? If you're not, there's always a U-turn. There's always that U-turn. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, their paths, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. First of all, just a prayer of salvation, then just a prayer for all of us. Would you stand this morning? And uh, we can often do this. I'm just going to invite you all to pray this morning with me. If, but if today you just need to, you, you realize you're just not on the right path, Jesus in your heart you need to set your focus on pursuing him again I'm just going to ask you to pray that prayer with us this morning just a prayer of salvation inviting Christ into our life so let's pray that prayer today uh, together saying dear God 
forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Put me on the right path that leads to you. Be my Lord and my Savior. And take me the rest of the way home. Amen. Father, I just ask your blessing over your people, Father. Whether today we prayed the prayer and just got on that right path or we've been walking with you many, many years. Lord God, the ultimate goal is to take us home, Lord. Take us home with you. And Lord, there's a lot of things on the pathway. There's destructions, there's obstacles. Lord God, we can get lost. Just like the lost sheep, Lord. We can get lost. And Lord God, if, if that's us, you bring us back. You search for us. You, you, you don't want to leave the one behind. You're searching for that one. You're even willing to leave the 99 to find the one that is lost because you love us. And so, Lord God, bring us back. Get us on that pathway. Help us to serve you with faithfulness, with a delight. Lord God, may you have our life. May we serve you with joy and happiness, Lord God. May your favor and your blessing be upon us, Lord God. Lord, we give you the thanks. We give you the praise. Ask in your name. Hallelujah. Sing. Amen. Theo, if you can pull up the lights for me. I want everybody to just bother, just close your eyes. And if you just prayed that prayer of salvation or commitment, maybe you just reaffirmed that in your own life, or um, maybe it's the first time, but you just got your life right with God, and you prayed that prayer for the first time in a while. Would you just make eye contact with me this morning? people. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? I'm going to call Audible. Can we do the evidence song? Give them a moment. Amen. Praise God. God's working. We, she sang that new song, but it ties in well. The evidence of fulfillment. You know what? I believe that is God. When we walk with God, we're going to see that fulfillment doesn't mean that every day is going to be peachy. What it does mean is that God is going to go with you and you're going to see his faithfulness. Amen? Um, sing that once or twice through and let's, we'll dismiss. Amen? God bless you this morning.